The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke. Okay. Luke chapter 4. Sounds so excited. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Hallelujah. You ready? Do you have notes? All right. I trust that we're working on those. The notes are here. They're they're asking you shall receive. Here they come. All right. All right. While the notes are being passed out so you can keep your attention on the scripture that I read. If you can listen to tonight and glean just a portion of what you're taught from the word of God tonight. It'll just flat out change your life. It's a very simple message that I've entitled, Victory Over Temptation. Victory Over Temptation. Because <laughs> temptation cometh. And, and, and we, there's much in the scriptures about it. And this is a powerful passage that I haven't preached on in quite a while. And I really felt like the Lord inspired me to preach this message to you. Are you ready? Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Love how the Bible just says stuff. He hasn't eaten anything for 40 days and he's hungry. Absolutely. Verse 3. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him and said, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory... For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Verse 9. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you. Oh, we should read verse 13 because it's just so good. I could tell you guys were holding your breath. Verse 13. Now, when the devil had ended his temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. I prayed already. If you, if you, you didn't get anointed before you get in the pulpit, then don't try then. It's too late. In the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, there's pictures, of course, of Satan, demons, but his powers is, is very limited, and it's a limited picture that you see. There's three passages where Satan is mentioned, Job, 1 Chronicles, and Zechariah. Four times in Scripture the word demon is used in the Hebrew. So why is it that in the Old Testament there's not a lot of talk of demons and Satan? 
But in the New Testament, there just seems to be a, a little bit more Satan, a little bit more demons being communicated, expressed. And I think it's because in the New Testament, the demonic is clearly seen. It's almost like in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, I should say. It's almost like, you know, you're looking, or anybody ever try to look for something in the middle of the night with a pen light? I mean, you go out to look in your yard with a pen light. Of course, you'd have to look too long in the summer because the light sun's up. But if you're looking at something with a pen light, it's just a little bit harder to see. But in the New Testament, it's like you walk into a stadium and all the lights are turned on and it's like the devil runs like bugs from underneath a, a log or something. The demonic is clearly seen. And I think the reason is because God, fully God, fully man, Jesus, the light of the world shows up and he just reveals everything like in bold relief. The Bible describes Satan as a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Describes him as the father of lies. That lies are his native language. And whether you like it or not tonight, you're sitting here, you're online, you're at home, or maybe you listen to this message later, you and I are on Satan's hit list. You're on his hit list. He hates you because you're made in the image of God, because you bear the very image of God Almighty. He hates you. So he wants to do everything he can to harm God and everything he can to harm you. He's a defeated foe, but he's only defeated for those who really realize and know. And so we're in the midst of this conflict. And this text that we read, it just brings hope to me. And it should bring hope to you. Because Jesus defeated the devil on his home playing field. Jesus prepares his, for his ministry by fasting and prayer. And many times people think you can just go ahead and do whatever you want to and you're going to have victory because you're in Christ. I, I've got news for you. Uh, you. You're in Christ because he won over the enemy. Then we have, we have victory also. But it needs to be enforced and you're going to have to fast and pray. That is just part of the principles of walking in victory. And so Jesus fasted and prayed and he said when the bridegroom grows, they, they will or they shall fast and pray as he said to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so many times people think that they, you're just going to overcome darkness and overcome temptation and overcome the assignment of the enemy just because you look good or you're cute or something or you got a little leather bible you're holding in your hand that is that's not how you're going to have you know you look good tonight praise the lord that's not how you have victory praise god you got a bible on your smartphone or your you know, your big bible thick dake bible that can choke a moose that's not how you're going to have victory. No, how big? Because big, you got a big Bible, then you're going to have... No, you have victory by the principles of the Word of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost. And, and you need to fast and pray. So you've got to realize that fasting and prayer really is mandatory. So let, let's look at the, at the temptation. Look at the temptation. Satan questions, tries to bring doubt as to who, talking about who Jesus is. He questions if you are the son of God. He, he tries to bring doubt. Now, you'll see that that's exactly what he did in Genesis 3. The first thing he says to Eve, he says, did the Lord really say? You know, he questions, questions, brings doubt. And in fact, Genesis 3 is a profound text that you could do a whole sermon on overcoming temptation right from Genesis 3. Satan tempts Eve with what Eve already had. He, he says to Eve, he says, the Lord knows that when you eat of it, you'll be like him. Dude, you're made in his image. You are like him. He tries to bring doubt. He's always trying to bring doubt on your mind. Always trying to get you to question. He attempts to question who you are. You're not really saved. You're not really called. You don't really love God. You, you, you know. If you were anointed, then you wouldn't have eaten that salad when you were fasting. <laughs> You're not really forgiven. God didn't really say that. Did he really? Did he really? God didn't really say that. Did he really say that? He's constantly throwing out lies, constantly trying to get you to doubt what the word says, constantly. And Satan tempts us in our area of weakness. 
Yeah, I used to, when I was younger, think I was just so strong. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've, I've come to understand that weakness is a good thing. No, I mean weak before God. It, it puts us in a position of really understanding our tremendous deep need. I'm not talking want. I'm talking deep need. You know, a, a want is like, I want a boat. A need is like, I need oxygen. Very different. We, we have a deep need for God. For, for abiding with him, for his power, for his word. And if you don't realize that, then you just go on your own strength and you'll get, you'll lose. You'll, 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 you'll fail when temptation comes. And, and the enemy tempts us in our area of weakness. Where'd you get that? Verse two, he was hungry. He was hungry. The enemy will hit you when you're down, when the chips are down. He'll try to get you to cave in in your weakness. I mean, he'll try to get you in your area. What is your area of your weakness? What, is the, what, are, what are some of the weaknesses you have? We all have them. Do you know what yours are? I know mine. Because <laughs> I've failed so many times in those areas. <laughs> it's just a good teaching, you know, for me. But my weaknesses might not be yours. But what, are the, what are your areas of weakness? You need to know what your weaknesses are so that you can gird yourself up, so that you can support yourself, so you can guard against it. Anyway, Jesus is hungry. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. You know, some of you might have had a mother that just smothered you or a father that was angry and abusive. Maybe you've got wounds on the inside of you that cause you to react or respond a different way to people. Maybe you were a part of a church where uh, you were abused through leadership in the name of the Lord. And so now you, you hold yourself back actually from committing because you just never want to go through that. I, I remember years ago on the island of Kauai, we had a great man, woman of God, part of the church. I mean, they just stood out, just strong in God, leaders. Couldn't get them to get involved in anything ever. He finally told me on a home visit, as I visited him, he said, I was a part of a board. And I will never do that again. And I will never be a part of any kind of leadership in any church ever again. And I said, why? He said, I don't want to talk about it. So he had some experience where he went through this deep wounding and it actually caused him to be isolated and apart from the plan of God. I'm telling you, it wasn't in the will of God. God wanted to use him to be a blessing to that to our church back then. And, and truth is, he ended up not staying. And I don't think he's in church today, all these years later. Why? Because he was wounded. He had a weakness. He didn't call on God. He didn't get healed. The enemy will hit you in those places. Listen, the best remedy for, for your life is to draw close to him and be totally dependent on him. Look at C. Satan attempts to fulfill our natural desires in ways that are contrary to God's plan. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Cause these stones to become bread. Now that's a temptation that you will never have and it's a temptation I'll never have because you can't cause a stone to turn into bread. So why would Satan tempt Jesus to the fact that he could cause a stone to turn into bread? Because he could do it. I love that. I just love the fact that he could do it. It was a real temptation. He's 40 days hungry. I don't know if you've ever done an extended fast, a long fast. I've done a few of them. You get towards the end of the fast and you, you, you lose your mind. You can. You can really lose your mind. I was on the island of Molokai. God had called me to a 40-day fast. We had a cat back then. Not into cats, but we did have one back then. God bless you if you like cats. They remind me of the fallen human nature and I, we don't have any... I mean, they think they're the boss or something. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> All of you cat lovers, God bless you. So we had a cat back then. And uh, it was like day 37. And we were close to 40, almost done. I don't even know how I made it that far. My job was to feed the cat. Oh, yeah. My job was to feed the cat. So I had to feed the cat. And I remember going outside, day 37. I mean, I'd tur I wasn't driving anymore. I turned my wallet over to my wife. I walked around like... I mean, I was out there, close to Jesus. We were having great breakthrough in the church, miracles. God was doing great things. And I was just trying to obey. I go out to the cat, out to the, you know, the little side compartment off of the garage and... I bust out a can of the frisky free treats or whatever they are. 
And I remember when I popped it, it's just a poof of air into my nose. I could have smelled it through the can anyway. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And as I peeled the, the lid off, I just stared at the can with these aroma, you know, this aroma of incredible cat vittles just filling my nose. And I began to salivate. And, I, and I'm looking at it going, yes. And then it was like the Lord helped me in that moment. I was all, ah, what am I doing? I was tempted for a moment. You know why? You know what happens? It's a different kind of fasting when you go long. And I, I've done that twice. And, and I, I think I'm headed for another one one of these days. But it's not something that you just, oh, I think I'm going to do a 40-day fast. That's not, that's not how you do that. I think you got to have to get called to it. And I was weak. You see, when you, when you go for that long, 21, you're hungry, whatever you drink, water and all that. And, you know, 40, 40 things change. Go to 40, it's called self-preservation. Your body's saying, dude, eat. It's very different. It's sort of guttural and animalistic. You're just going to eat something because you need to. It's not like you want to. It's like your body's saying, eat food now. That's, that's the sense. This is Jesus here. He's fasting for 40 days. And the devil comes to tempt him to take stones. You know, temptation many times will surround all about self. You watch that. It's self-preservation and trying to take care of yourself and trying to get a need men. Oh, we're going to get there in a second. Satan tempts us to fulfill our natural desires in ways that are contrary to God's plan. The problem was that he was tempting Jesus to use his power to satisfy himself. That's the problem. You see, he did a miracle in the wilderness later when he fed the 5,000, he fed the 4,000. He did a miracle then. Was there something wrong with the Son of God eating? No, as long as the 40 days were completed. The Father led him on a 40-day fast by the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with getting your needs met. It's how you get them met. There's nothing wrong with releasing the power of God unless it's all about you. Me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. And so Satan will tempt you to get your natural desires met in ways that are contrary to God's plan. And it's really a picture of going around the cross. And he brings them up to the pinnacle and, and he shows them all the kingdoms of, of, this, uh, of the world and said, these are given to me. Which I, when I first read that as a new believer, I used to think, what a liar. God owns it all. No, actually, the title deed of the earth was given to him. By Satan, uh, by Satan tricking Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve forfeiting it. So actually the God of this age, small g, is Satan. So he can make somebody wealthy. He can give somebody fame, fortune, and power. And you will see that in the Antichrist. Oh, you will see it. I believe we'll see it in our generation. But somebody said, well, we didn't even enter the tribulation. Yeah, unless you're a... Unless you're a persecuted Christian over there by, by ISIS, I bet you're feeling it's a tribulation. So did we enter? The, that's another message. Praise God. Better know where you're at. God help the persecuted church. Matthew... Uh, says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus overcame his temptation by speaking. It is written. It is written. Your goal of having your needs met is fine, but how you have your need met. In fact, actually, I, I don't think it's, I'm going to take that back. You have needs. They need to be met. How you have them met? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He adds all things. If you try to do an end run to try to get it early, then you'll end up in sin. And the wrong thing at the wrong time, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. You got you, you Come on, God's got timings. Satan will come to say to you that he wants to meet your need, but you don't have to do it God's way. Yeah, 
hey, come on, everybody else is having sex. You can just go have sex with whoever you want to. It's all good. Is it? No, no, it isn't. Not according to God's word. But everybody else is doing it. I mean, it's in magazines. It's on TV. It's on the internet. You got all kinds of people give you a whole argument about how well you just have sex outside of marriage because it's not what's come on. Come on. Hey, come on. Lighten up. Be so religious. Do you have a deep longing to share your life with somebody? Is that God? Yeah, it's not good for a man to be alone. Unless, of course, you're given the gift of celibacy. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm married. Didn't get that gift. Praise God. (laughs) But if you're single, uh, that's the gift you have until you get married. And maybe God's called you to be single your whole life. The Apostle Paul. We have, we have uh, friends of ours that have been really called to just serve the Lord with everything they have not married. I mean, they're just serving God day and night, day and night, day and night. They don't have to worry about texting somebody. that they're Not that that's bad to keep in communication with your spouse. It's good, but they're not thinking about that. The Apostle Paul talks about that. We have a dear friend. All her, her, her entire focus is on God. Her entire focus on the Lord and helping people. I mean, she just wears herself out practically serving the Lord with her hair on fire. She can go when he says go. She can come when he says come. She can do whatever. Doesn't have to worry about. And you know, I'm thankful I'm married. Come on, praise God. Pastor Karen, give me an amen. I love being married. It's beautiful. It's awesome. She's got the gift of celibacy, this dear friend of ours. The devil will tempt you to try to get things that you're, you're longing met outside of the will of God. whole society has gone headlong over sex out, outside of marriage. Crazy. You know, people forfeit their whole lives for a brief moment. And, and, and people in marriage, and people in marriage, because their marriage is not working out, they decide, well, I, she's, she's not meeting my needs, or he's not meeting my needs. And so, you know something? I've got a lot of love, and I need to spread it all around. So they commit adultery. Destroy their marriage, destroy the kids, destroy their lives. Don't do it. Everybody say, don't do it. (laughs) People yield to the tempter's snare and they become bound by the very thing that they thought would satisfy them. Let me say that again. People yield to the tempter's snare to satisfy themselves and they actually become bound by the very thing that they thought would satisfy them. I used to have an anger problem long ago. And there are certain things that, ha- when they take place now, I, I'm temp- my, my blood boils over like an unrighteousness, abuse, uh, spousal abuse, kids, kids getting abused. Like if I'm ever driving my car or my truck and I see a domestic in a parking lot, buddy, I'm all over that thing. I can't, I, I, I just, somebody's going to have to do something. And I figure I'm qualified, so I'm going to go for it. <laughs> But I've learned over the years not to let that, not to engage in that anger. Man's wrath does not bring about the righteousness of God. As much as you'd like to think it would, it doesn't. Man's wrath does not bring about, no matter how you yell at your kid, it's not going to make them more Christ-like. How many times have I told you? I mean, you look like a 75-foot monster to that three-year-old, four-year-old that you're yelling at. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, do the proportions of a three-year-old and somebody who's six foot. What is that? What is that like to you? Someone who's like 12 feet? Just It's got to be terrifying. And it doesn't actually put in the, in the kid's heart love. It doesn't teach them. I found as, as in my earlier years, I would yield to the anger and then anger would just be a little stronger. And over time, the more I yield to it, the more the stronger it got. When I got saved, I would see these things that rise up, and I started getting some help. My my wife and I did a word study on anger. I still remember some of those scriptures, but I was able to defeat that thing. Come on, the fool gives full vent to his wrath. How many of you'd like to be a fool? You want to be a fool? Just get angry and blow your stack. Then you're an idiot. That's what the Bible says. You want to be an idiot? Just blow your stack. There you go. 
The Bible says the man who gives, gives way to his anger is like a city without walls. Now, you all know what I, I knew what that would mean. A city that has no walls has no protection. The enemy comes in and takes everything. You want to be robbed? You want to be plundered? You want to lose everything you have? Just be a hothead. So the next time you go to blow your stack, you think, oh, city without walls. <sighs> Help me, Jesus. None of that thing, not, you know, yielding to your anger, yielding to your lust, yielding to your greed. It's not God, it's not good, and it'll never satisfy you, and you'll be like Mick Jagger in the end. Uh, uh, can't get no, na, 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 na. Yeah, he's 60, whatever, eight, nine, what is he, 70, still jumps around. I mean, God bless him, may he find Christ, maybe he did, I don't know. But I mean, 70 years old, jumps around like a teenager, and he still sings the same message. I'm going to tell you something, at 70, you should be satiated and satisfied in God. Hello. So be like, what's the Rolling Stones? Don't worry about it. There's more to life than having your needs met. There's more to life than having your needs met. Amen. Satan tempts Jesus with power without the cross. I'll give you authority or power over the nations if you bow down and worship me. Wow. Isn't that crazy? The psalmist says, ask of me and I will give you the nations. He's the desire of all nations. Really what Satan was trying to do is get it to do an end run. You don't have to get crucified. You just bow down and worship me and you get all of that. Really, true authority comes through humility. I said true authority comes through humility. And to worship Satan is to break the first commandment. First commandment being what? You should love the Lord your God with all your... Satan's the ruler of this world, but he usurped that place from man. And John 12, 31 reads, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. John 14, 30 I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, says Jesus. John 16, 11, And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. This is a profound scripture. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The reason your family might not be saved yet is because they're blind. And a key to praying for your family is take authority over demon power that would blind them. That God would open their eyes. Come on, some of you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You heard about Jesus' death and his resurrection, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yada, 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 yada. I heard it, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it. I went to Catholic church, went to Presbyterian church. I heard it, I heard it. My brother told me, Jesus loves you, dying on a cross. Nothing clicked because I was blinded. And then I got to a place where probably because of prayer, circumstances, God reaching out to me in his infinite mercy, one day my eyes open. And still to this day, when I get under the Holy Ghost and driving home, every telephone pole is across to me. Every door, the, the doors, you know, doors that have those moldings, they're all crosses. I see crosses everywhere. Well, I didn't see them before, but then when I gave my heart to Jesus, all of a sudden I could see. I tried to read the word before, couldn't understand anything. Got saved, and all of a sudden everything, it's all rhema. I mean, it's just like, wow, whoa, oh. And it's just as long, I mean, it was just amazing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you realize that Satan tempts you with things that God has already given you as his child, Satan will tempt you with the shortcut. Okay, so you, so you, you, you desire to be married. Good, then do it God's way. And wait. Be patient. Amen. Don't settle for the cheap substitute. And everybody said amen. amen. I know many of people that have a marriage ministry they wish they didn't have had they only waited on God. Hello. God will give you, God will satisfy you in the deepest places of your life. But you've got to serve and worship him alone. You try to get it met outside of that, it'll end in disaster and bondage for you. 
Come on, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You understand that you're his child. He wants to give you every good and perfect gift. Then just wait for it. Some of you are like that kid at Christmas. I'll just pick on myself. I wanted a Verdi bird. Does anybody remember a Verdi bird? They came out, again, they, they recycled them from the early 70s when I wanted one. A Verdi bird was a little helicopter. It had this, you know, props, and it would fly in circles, and you had this little remote control, and you could go, you land, and you pick stuff. I wanted one of those so bad. And I begged my parents, come on, get me a Verdi bird. Please, I want a Verdi bird. They're like, well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I didn't let up for weeks. I will never forget, it's, it's just before Christmas, and I'm crying, and I'm saying to my mother, I want a Verdi bird. She goes, I got you one, all right? Fine, you got one already. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Some of you are like that to the Lord. You just, come on, I want that. I want that thing. I'm so glad. Thank God for the answer no in prayer. Thank God for the answer wait. When we've wanted something that would have actually destroyed us, we weren't ready for it, but we thought that we were. Come on, some of you were like when I was a kid asking for the Verdi bird. Can I have a Verdi bird? And he's like, you're going to kill yourself. I give you a Verdi I want it. You're going to kill yourself. And so instead of waiting for God, you go out and you get one yourself. His name is Ishmael. <laughs> Well, let's just have a little Selah for a second. And God doesn't need your help bringing around the answers to prayer. You do your pray. You pray. You wait on the Lord. You trust him. You love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he'll give you everything you need when you need it. Jesus has come to restore man's place of authority. True worship and service to God. Oh, I've got to hurry. Satan tempts Jesus with pride to show off his power to fulfill others' expectations of Messiah. Let me say that again. Satan tempts Jesus with pride to show off his power. When he's standing on the pentacle of the temple, it was a 450-foot drop down to the Kidron Valley. 450 foot. And really, in the day... They longed for the Messiah, but they longed really for him to come riding on a clouds and bring his kingdom. And he will come like that, but that's not the first advent, as they say. He'll come as the conquering king of Isaiah 53, but he first had to come as a suffering servant. And many people didn't want to see the suffering servant first. They just wanted the fire and the power, and he's going to come like that. That will come, but that's not how he was coming this time. And, and, and it was a temptation, really, of pride. My goodness. Just show us a miracle. Angel will protect you. Quotes the Bible. Devil knows the Bible better than you ever will. Great deception happens when there's twisting of Scripture. And there's all kinds of cults that have twisted Scripture, especially on grace, the whole hyper-grace movement now. You must not presume on God. Got to do things God's way. Amen. Temptation will will always be an issue, so you've got to be on your guard. Temptation is not ever going to go away until you go to meet him. When he he comes, then it's over. But until then, you're going to experience temptation. And so you have to learn how to conquer. You have to learn how to overcome. Satan comes at high points of the ministry of Jesus, and I will tell you this, he will come at high points of your life too when the deal comes through. When the money comes, when the house comes, when the, when the fame comes, maybe the fortune comes or the, the big breakthrough comes, the miracle powers really, there'll be temptation to think that you're something. And I've seen it in the life of evangelists. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I've met people that have tremendous displays of God's power and they think actually they're the guy. Now, maybe they paid a price and they prayed or they did something to receive that special mantle. But I've heard, I mean, if people talk about themselves a lot, any, I, I've spent time with, uh, with evangelists and, and, and people in the kingdom that are doing great things that are known by others. Many people are doing great things that nobody knows. I think those are the really great things. 
You might get that on the way home. I'm talking about stuff that's like in lights and whatnot. And sometimes I just hear too much me, 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 me. I, I, I was in this meeting and man, the power of God came on me and I laid hands and then the power that totally healed, healed, healed and whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God used me. Hallelujah. Praise God. But there's a sense of pride. God used donkeys too. Um, but you do have your, I'm going to get into five points and then we'll close. You do have your role. I mean, it's not all God. That, that, you ever heard that? It's all God. It's all, that's a bunch of false humility. Because it's not all God. You had to get your carcass up and drag yourself to church tonight. You, had to, you made the choice. You made the decision. I am going to KC tonight. And you text your friend, you made arrangements, you got some food, you got a coffee, whatever. You hustled out of work, you did whatever you could do to get here, to come to church, to hear the word, and I commend you. Wonderful. You did that. God didn't make you do it. Love is not in a vacuum. It requires a choice. God doesn't make you love him. You choose to love him. It's a choice that you make. And so when somebody says, it's all God, it's all God. No, you had to overcome your flesh. You had to step out. You maybe had to reach your hand. But after that, you do your part, God does his. He won't do your part. You can't do his part. You do your part, God does his part. All right, how to overcome temptation, five thoughts. One, be full of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, be full of the Spirit. We had a, a friend of ours who struggled with homosexuality, and he just couldn't seem to get free from it. So in prayer, uh, he was looking for an answer of how to overcome the temptation to be with men. And it, was, it tormented him because he loved the Lord. And so the Lord gave him, through the wisdom of a, of a mature counselor, gave him this plan. When you wake up in the morning... Get out of your bed, get on your knees, and stay there until you're full of the Spirit of God. Stay full of the Spirit of God all day. Come on, that's Galatians. And you will be able to resist. And the story goes on, and you got totally free. I know a story from, from Kauai. It's another story. Man who struggled. I mean, cross-dressing person. I'm talking wearing full-on women's clothes, the whole thing. Came to church. Got saved. I mean, his thing's on Facebook. I think I, you can go to my Facebook page. I just, I just copied it over because it is such a powerful testimony. And if I didn't do that, I'm going to do it when I get home. You can go to my Facebook page and check it out. What's his name again? Lazaro. Patrick. Well, yeah, he put it up for three days and he's, he's going to take it down. He, but after that, and I'm not sure what the purpose is, but I'm sure he's got a great plan. The guy serves God with his hair on fire. He's this tremendous voice and worshiper, got totally free. And one of the things that's the key for him is he got baptized in the fire of the Holy Ghost. He's so full of the Spirit that he just never goes back to that stuff. How do you overcome temptation? Five thoughts. First one, be full of the Holy Spirit. That's verse one. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. That's a key. Take time to be in the presence of God. You came to church tonight, I commend you. Take, make every, take every opportunity to be filled with the Spirit. Be in prayer. Don't put yourself in a place of temptation. <laughs> Number two, duh, duh. What do you mean? Well, if you've struggled with alcohol, don't go to the bar. Hey, it's pretty simple. If you struggle with pornography, it's like that, that young man that came to get deliverance, and it's before it was on the internet, came to get prayer. What do you need prayer for? I struggle with pornography. Tell me what happens. He says, well, I'm doing good, Pastor. I'm on fire. I love the Lord. And then every day when I go home from school, I pass the, I pass the drugstore, and I, I just walk in, and I see the magazines, and, and bam, I'm all messed up. I go, you know, okay, here's the plan, son. I'm going to pray for you. Go home another way. Go home another way. Everybody say, go home another way. Look, don't put yourself in a place where you could end up in greater temptation. Some of you have a hard time being alone. Then, then don't be. He said, well, there's something wrong with you. How come I can't be alone? Because you need healing. Okay, so get healed. And, and, and you know, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, man. I, used to, I couldn't stand to be in my own skin. 
I hated to be in my own skin alone. I hated it. He said, well, Jesus is with you. Yeah, Jesus was with me, but my soul wasn't quite there to realize it. I didn't know how to access his presence like I do now. I didn't know how to spend time. Oh, when I figured that out, I couldn't wait to get home. Couldn't wait to get home. <laughs> now I get to share all those wonderful moments with my wife. Hey. Now listen, don't put yourself in a place of temptation. If you have a, if you have a, uh, a porn problem and it's on the internet, turn it off. Come on, you did without the internet before, most of you. Get a flip phone. But I'll look uncool. You'll look really bad when you're in hell. Amen. Do whatever you need to do. Cut it off. Cut ties with hell. Some of you hang around people that you need like a hole in the head. I mean, why are you hanging around that belly aching, backslidden, unbelieving, just totally tormented person? I'm trying to reach them. You ain't strong enough yet. And listen, Jesus didn't have everybody all up in his, in the innermost parts of his life. He had Peter, James, and John. Those are the three. He had 12. He had the other ones outside that. But Peter, James, and John were there when he raised the widow girl from the dead. I mean, widow girl? I didn't get that right. Anyway. <laughs> Tabitha, the 12-year-old. Not everybody was, come on. Not everybody was in that room. What is a widow girl? <laughs> Come here, Will Wabbit. <laughs> okay. But he didn't have everybody all close. Listen, not everybody. He said, well, I'm a Christian. I need to be nice now. Says who? You be kind, gracious, compassionate. Listen, some of you need to distance from you. And if you don't, they'll just it'll just eat on you. What if they're my husband? <laughs> you get a problem with that. <laughs> you might try the 40-day fast. Amen. I'm joking, but I'm not. Have you done everything that you can to actually see the miracle come about? Have you? Really? Have you really? Just saying. Hashtag 40-day fast. Keep in mind, Satan's power is parasitical. For we give him power when we yield to his influence. Satan's power is in the lies. Parasite. It's like lice. I mean, if you know what lice are, you could have one of our doctors come up and give us a definition of lice. They're, they can't live without a host. And it's exactly how Satan's power operates. He's a squatter. So he comes and he squats. He, if, he, if, he, if you give him rights, he'll come and he'll sit on you. You, you, you have to stand against him. Come on. I, I haven't had lice for a long time. And all the bald people said, hallelujah. But his power is parasitical. And if you yield to his lie, then you'll begin to become a host and a pull toy for him. If you give into that greed, it'll get bigger. You give into that lust, it'll grow. You give into that temptation, and it'll grow. He said, but I'm a Christian. Yeah. Somebody said, can a Christian have a demon? Christian can have anything they want. The issue is, can a Christian sin? That's the question. In Acts chapter 8, oh, I got to hurry. Simon Magus in Acts chapter 8, he's a sorcerer. He does all kinds of sorcery and blows people's minds with the power. They even thought he was really like God. Philip comes, preaches the gospel. He becomes a believer. He believes Philip's message, the gospel of the kingdom, which, by the way, is more than just salvation. The gospel of the kingdom is more than salvation. It is definitely salvation, but it's salvation, healing, signs, wonders, miracles. It's all of it. It's the gospel of the kingdom. We're supposed to preach the gospel of the the kingdom. And so Philip is putting on display the power of God. There's revival that breaks out. 
Philip also is, uh, baptizes Simon. So Simon is a sorcerer who gets saved. He gets baptized. And he hangs out with Philip. He travels along with him. So by, by those definitions, he could actually be on the board of some churches. He's a believer. He's baptized. He's in fellowship. Powerful guy, board member. And that's why a lot of churches split. Hello. Okay, so you might get that on the way home. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. All right. The apostles come to basically see what's happening and they lay hands on people and the Holy Spirit is given. Now, it's something other than healing signs, wonders, and miracles and it can be inferred that it's tongues. Because it's some kind of other miracle than healing. We think that tongues is actually being released, people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in a heavenly language. And when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of hands, he said to the apostles, let me have this gift also. Offered them money, said, let me have this gift also, so that when I lay hands on people, and he tries to buy it, which is manipulation and basically witchcraft, and they said, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy and manipulate the gift of God. He's a believer. I see that you are bound. He goes on to tell him, depends on what version you read. I see that you are bound. Bound. It's a, it uses a, a demonic, it's, it's a word for somebody being shackled with demon power. Was he a believer? Yes, he's a believer. Listen, as a believer, you can still be under a curse. As a believer, you can still be bound. As a believer, you can still be addicted. You can be afflicted. You can be all jacked up and messed up. Come on, somebody say, don't do it. Look at D. Don't, don't let Satan use you as a base of operations. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath and give Satan a foothold. Make a base camp in your head. Okay, D. You got to know the word and speak it. Everybody say, know it and speak it. Know and speak. Got to know the word and speak the word. You'll notice every time that he overcame Satan, he was speaking the word of God. Speaking the word of God. Speaking the word of God. Psalm 119 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me say this. The only word you've hidden in your heart is that which you've memorized. I am a big one on scripture memorization. It saved me. The word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Just take off the heads of the enemy. Jesus spoke the word. He knew the word. He spoke it. He declared it. You can overcome temptation. The Bible says that no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God makes a way of escape. Meaning this. That, that, that whatever temptation you're going through, somebody else has already been through that and overcome Really? Who? Well, you could just start with Jesus. He went through all of it. He overcame suicide. When? In the Garden of Gethsemane, his blood became like great drops. His sweat became like great drops of blood. And it was, it was like he was desiring to die rather than take the sin of the world and get crucified. We overcame that. Not my will. Your will be done. When you look at the Garden of Eden as a whole another set of ways to how to overcome temptation. But you got to know the word, you got to speak it. Look at E, keep in mind the essence of Satan's temptation is to appeal to self. But we overcome through humbly submitting to God. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Stand up on your feet and I want you to say this. Say, God has given me power. Come on, all across this place, you're at home, stand up. Come on, say, God has given me power to overcome every temptation. He'll make a way of escape. Come on, say it like you mean it. God has given me power to overcome every temptation. Temptation. He will make a way of escape. Come on, close your eyes, let it sink in, because it's the truth of the word. Say, God has given me power to overcome every temptation. He will make a way of escape. You believe that? Say amen. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Come on, just let the Holy Spirit fill you right now. Some of you need to repent for 
demanding your way and trying to get things done in the arm of the flesh. Let it go. Repent. Trust in Him. Trust in His leadership. Holy Spirit. been battling against temptation and you just want a boost you want to be strengthened tonight I want to pray for you come come to the front come on come on come he's made a way of escape you're here tonight it's going to be easier after tonight come on come all the way up to the front come on come all the way up to the front he's going to help you last week I had one of my spiritual sons call me and he said pastor I'm really being tempted right now I said tell me what's going on so he told me what was happening and I had this uh, I had this very strong unction of the Holy Spirit come upon me in an authoritative way and I said you listen to me right now I said you stand up and you're going to get off this phone and you're going to go get in your prayer closet and you're going to beat the snot out of that thing. Do you hear me right now? This is what you were going to do. He said, yes, pastor. I said, get up on your feet. Listen, some of you are just, oh, what am I going to do? What, am I, what are you going to do? Punch its lights out in the name of Jesus. That's what you do. You don't just sit there. What am I going to do? Stand up and take authority. Stand up and take authority. You look at this little Jack Russell Terrier. And the dog likes running away from for some of the family members, you know? Kids. The dog knows that I will serve judgment on it. I don't get you don't hear me wrong, I'm not gonna kill my dog. But it doesn't know that. Dog knows that I'm not messing around. This dog likes to run away, and we're we're retraining it, and it's 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 coming along. It needs to get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's rebellious. So the dog now the dog goes out, and it looks at me through the the, the glass of the sliding glass door, and I stand there. If I get distracted and answer a phone or do something, it's gone. Poof, takes off. It looks at me. I mean, it runs around, does its business, and then it looks. And I look at it, and we're, I'm practicing nonverbal communication with it. And it doesn't quite work all the time. And sometimes I get open the door, I say, hey! And it goes, okay, okay, come back. Listen, some of you need to stand up in your God-given, blood-bought right to begin to bring, execute judgment on, on, on this assignment that comes. And some of these are demon spirits. Some of, them, some of them are demon spirits. Some of them is just your soul. But others of them are demonically charged, sent by the devil to wipe you out. I don't think all of them are. Some of them are just a fallenness of mankind. But others of them are very clear assignment from the devil to wipe you out. And you have to, you know, you can come to an altar call for prayer like this and God's going to touch you. But when you go back home and that dark thing comes back in your room, get up in the name of Jesus and command that thing to go. You can't mess with me anymore. And you begin to take authority and you'll see you send that thing to the most profound places of hell. And I will tell you that there's been times where I've battled for an hour, an hour. I can't recall really battling for much longer than that at one period. I think the dark, I had a dark, what are those called? The, the dark night of the soul. You'll hear about old English writers and people who serve the Lord in the bygone generation. They talk about the dark night of the soul. And that's a moment that comes to every single believer. And if you've not been through that, it's coming. 
that you need to conquer and overcome in that moment. And it can be like Gethsemane where you reach for your pastor, you reach for your small group leader, your friend, and you can't get a hold of him. It's just you and Jesus. You cry out until the fire comes. And the fire will come. And you don't stop crying out until it comes. And if it lasts all night, though weeping might endure for a night, there will come joy in the morning. I talked to this spiritual son of mine. I told him what to do. I said, you stand up and start kicking some tail in Jesus' name. This is not you. This is not you. You've overcome this. It's just come to try to come back on you and check you out. He, I said, you call me when you come back. A, a couple hours later, he called me giggling. <laughs> hey, Pastor, what's up? I was like, what's up? He's like, oh, man, it's awesome. God's awesome. God's awesome. And he's walking in fire and victory and favor. All this, it's gone. I mean, just become like that. You've got to fight. You're in a fight. Everybody say, I'm in a fight. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to God of the pulling down of strongholds, and we take every thought captive. We take every thought captive and make it obedient. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I glory in my weakness, the apostle Paul said, for in my weakness his strength is made perfect. Some of you don't know what that is. When you're weak, perfect opportunity for fire. Perfect opportunity for God to show up and show off. Come on, lift your hands to the air and call on his name. Come on, service almost over. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Release your power. I want my, my cell leaders and my leaders to come. Just lay hands on these right now. Come, 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 come. Come on. Holy Spirit, touch. Holy Spirit, touch. Wally, Lori, come on. Might as well release that anointing. Come on. Holy Ghost. We break off that attack, that temptation. No temptation has seized us. Except that which is common to man. Oh, Lord, you make a way of escape. You make our way out of nowhere. Yes, you do. Jesus.
adopted. You've been cleansed from your former sins. You've been cleansed from your former ways. You've been set free. You've been delivered. Oh, as far as the east is from the west, you're a new creation in Christ. Begin to execute vengeance upon the darkness of this world. I have given you my blood, says the Lord. I've given you my name. I've given you my word. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you shall be condemned. You can overcome. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. Hey, hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Come on, sing Jesus with us. to do with you is beyond your understanding. You can't even fathom what's taking place in your life. Receive a fresh touch from God. Lift your hands to the heavens and let the Holy Spirit come upon you. I am going to catapult you forward, says God, in your industry, in the marketplace, and in the house of God. There's a humility about you. It's like there's. It's like the time has just been waiting and waiting, and now you are going to burst forth like a like a calf from the stall. You are going to burst forth into your destiny and purpose. And God's God's got His hand upon you. Also, I see your extended family is going to get saved. I mean, your whole family is watching. There's people that are watching you, and, and there's a difference about you. There's a glimmer in your eye, and there's a pep of the step. Depression will not come nigh your tent again. You will not experience the deep, dark nights of the past. It'll just not come back. It's not going to come back. And I'm going to anoint you, even with the anointing of Cyrus. Go look it up. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous and I'm going to use you mightily says God. I'm going to use you mightily in the marketplace. I'm going to give you innovative ideas. I'm going to give you dreams. I see God giving you dreams even for business. I see God giving you innovations even there's like a tinkering or something you do with your hands. I see God giving you some ideas there. The Spirit of God has chosen you, hand selected you, brought you out and he's putting his fire something from Jesus tonight take someone by the hand oh I'm, I'm so sorry hold on every head bowed every eye closed you're not right with God well then get right with him right now don't wait and give your heart to Jesus for the first time or maybe you just need to make a recommitment Maybe you were a young girl or a young boy when you did, but you know you're not living on fire for him, and you, you're going to make a decision tonight to, to live all your heart, mind, soul, and strength for God. If that's you, recommitment or the first time, just pray with me, won't you? Right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill and touch and bless each and every one of these. In Jesus' name.
precious lady in the red sweater. Yes. Yahai. You have such a sweet spirit. Let me tell you what the Lord's showing me for you, just very simply and, and quietly. As somebody would return from the hospital having just had uh, heart surgery, that kind of thing, they, they notice that the grass is greener and they, they see the birds and it's just everything changes. It's the only thing I could get as an illustration to say what's going to happen for you, ma'am, is that everything's going to change. It's all going to change. It, spring is certainly here and you're going to see a release of God's goodness and kindness even in nature even around your house and around your life and that what you're doing, your comings and goings, you're going to hear the still, small voice, a whisper of the Lord expressing his great love to you. You're such a kind, compassionate woman, the Lord shows me. And, and God has used you many times to, even to your own hurt, to help others. You've gone out of the way. You've taken the hit. You, you, you just, you're not one that has strife. There's, you're, you're a woman of peace. You're a peacemaker. And the Lord sees when you stepped in and, and really were not thanked or even loved for it, but he saw what you did. And in as much as you do for these, you've done unto me, says the Gospels. And, and I just see God's favor on you, peace and joy and blessing and newness of life like spring flowers bursting forth. Where's Carol? Carol, that prophetic word. It, it's, she prophesied that it's just these flowers are just going to come bursting forth. That's what I see for you. Just a revival and a renewal for you. And one more thing. I'm going to surprise you with some reconciliation. There's some, there's some relationships that were severed and things that happened. I'm going to bring some people home, says the Lord. And you'll know it's me. It's be just favor, blessing, peace, joy, newness of life. Amen. Father, thank you for our sister. Bless and touch her, God. Meet her every need. Satisfy her through and through. Thank you, Jesus' name. Take someone by the hand. Pastor Karen, would you come and close us in prayer tonight? I hope that you got encouraged. I know we went a little bit long. Praise the Lord. Amen. Take someone by the hand. Let's close tonight in prayer. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word that's gone forth with power. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness, your spirit. <laughs> and Lord, I pray tonight, as your people go, that you would bless them. Lord, that you would keep them, that you would cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in the awesome and mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Good night. Let me emphasize one more thing. I'm sorry. Could I have your full attention? One, one more thing. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. On Friday night, we have a, a, a membership class. It's this Friday, but you need to sign up tonight. It'll close after tonight, uh, this Friday, all right? And there's food, and we feed you and all of that. No fasting. We're going to feast in about a three-and-a-half-hour class, but you need to sign up at the sheet outside. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.